0: why we gather here each week it's not out of religion it's not out of routine it's out of a relationship that we have with God and that God desires with us the psalmist says this show me your ways Lord teach me your paths guide me in your truth and teach me for you are God my Savior and my hope is in you all day long we come here for the hope that is in Jesus Will you pray with me, please? Father, as we gather, we gather for the hope that only you can provide. Lord, our hope is not in ourselves or in morality or religion or good works or being a nice person, but our hope is in you. And Father, we come, we ask for that hope. That hope may be for our marriage, for our kids, for our finances, for our future, for relationships for our culture, for our world. Lord, we come seeking only the hope that you can give. So, Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would overwhelm us and overtake us, that your Spirit, Lord, would would speak to each and every one of us right where we are, right in the middle of whatever brokenness we are dealing with, and that, Lord, you would remove me from the equation, Lord, that it would be your Spirit that would speak to us. Father, we love you, and we so desperately need you. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ and all of God's people said. One of the things that uh, someone told me a long time ago that's always stuck with me is the only thing that is constant in life is change. Things never stay the same. Things are always changing. People are always changing. And sometimes we don't even recognize the change that happens with people. Sometimes we do. It's dramatic, but sometimes we don't. So I've got a few pictures of people you may know Maybe you don't recognize, but let's see if we can recognize the change in some of these people. So I'm going to ask you to answer some questions. So let's put the first picture up. Do you know who that is? Any guesses? Scott Frost, the hopeful. Someone even more famous than Scott Frost. That is our very own Joe Slaybaugh. That's not you? who is it is it garrett so that's garrett sorry i thought it was joe i just saw the football i thought it was joe so that's garrett see i didn't even recognize all right let's see our next picture now who's that you can tell by the cheeks and the smile and the really nice shirt yep that's joe cute adorable joe let's see who else we have up here Sarah. that's sarah and is that a is that a bunny rabbit so Sarah's rocking the bunny rabbit. Okay, so you've got that. Who else? That's Scott Frost. That is absolutely <laughs> Scott Frost. That's me with hair. So that's, that's a scary, scary thought. Let's go to our next one. Anybody know who that is? Jonah Hill, the actor, right? He, he lost a ton of weight. He was almost unrecognizable with his weight loss. Let's go to our next one. Do we know who that is? Jennifer Hudson, the singer. American Idol lost a ton of weight. I think we've got one more. We've got one more, Trent? (laughs) Who's that one? That can't be Iron Man. Really? Is that Iron Man on the left? I don't think he would share. Is that our last one? Oh, we got one more? Okay. Jeffrey Owens from The Cosby Show. And there was a bit of a hubbub this week around Jeffrey Owens because he was on the Cosby show and he's been on some other things. But apparently, acting is a hard business. He was working at Trader Joe's. And so basically, people were job shaming him because how could he be working at a Trader Joe's? And some people recognized him and some people didn't. And he did, a, he did a series of interviews that said, hey, I'm very happy with my life. I'm very happy with who I am. And some people recognized me and some people didn't. And that's okay. The question that we want to talk about today is, do we really recognize people for who they are and not what they do? And sometimes we can just recognize people for what they do and don't recognize who they are. And the most important person that we need to make this distinction is, is with Jesus Christ. Do we really recognize who Jesus is or do we just recognize what he does? And so we're going to continue on in our sermon series called Game Changers. So if you want to open up your Bibles. We're going to continue to stay in Matthew 14. Again, we're going to be going through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all through the Gospels, looking at how not only is Jesus a game changer, but how ordinary people like you and me, we can partner with Jesus in helping someone else have a game-changing moment with Jesus Christ. So we're going to pick up here at verse 34, but just as a point of review, at the beginning of this chapter, we see that Jesus fed some 15,000 people with five loaves and two fishes, We've seen that he's walked on water, and now we come to our text, and we're going to give you a little bit more context in a minute. It says, when they, and the they being the disciples, when they had crossed over, they landed at Gennesaret. And when the men of that place recognized Jesus, they sent word to all the surrounding country. People brought all their sick to him and begged him to let the sick just touch the edge of his cloak, and all who touched it were healed. Now again, we need to have a little bit of context here. So the disciples had seen and experienced the game-changing compassion of Jesus when he fed 15,000. They've seen the game-changing authority of Jesus when he walked on the water. And now they're about to experience the game-changing love of Jesus. Now remember, after Jesus fed the 15,000, he gets onto the Sea of Galilee. He sends the disciples. He says, you guys go ahead. Get over to the other side. I'm going to go up and pray. So Jesus goes up to pray. Well, in the middle of the night, if we know the story, the boat gets a little rocky, and things are crazy. And then we see that Jesus comes walking on the water towards the disciples. And Peter says, Lord, if it's you, just tell me to get out of the boat, and I'm going to get out of the boat. Peter gets out of the boat. He starts walking towards Jesus. But what happens when he takes his eyes off of Jesus? He sinks. So then Jesus gets back in the boat. Everything calms down, and now they land on the other side of the Sea of Galilee. Now, what do we know about Gethsemane? Well, we know this. It was a fertile land. They had lots of crops. They grew crops, about three and four crops, but it wasn't a very populated town. It was about three miles by one mile. It didn't really have villages. So really, it was just an area where things were grown. And so we have no record of Jesus doing any ministry before this moment, and we have no record of Jesus doing any ministry in this place after this moment. So this is the only time that Jesus and this and this location come together. Now it's interesting because what happens next? It says this: when the men of that place recognize Jesus. How in the world would the men of this place recognize Jesus if Jesus had never been there before? We have no record of him being there afterwards. There really weren't towns and villages. Well, the reason that they recognized Jesus was the men of that place would take what they grew, the crops, and they would go to other towns and they would sell it. So more than likely, they were in a place where they heard Jesus teach, saw Jesus perform a miracle, or talked to people who heard or saw Jesus. So they recognized Jesus, but did they recognize him for the right reasons? They recognized him as a healer, They recognized him as a miracle worker, but did they recognize him as the Messiah? See, so often people recognize Jesus for what he does and not who he is. Yes, he's a miracle worker. Yes, he is a healer. But do we recognize him as the Messiah? And that's what we don't really know for sure of this group. But they recognized that guy there, whenever he's around, something amazing happens. So the question is, do we recognize Jesus for who he is? We love to recognize Jesus as the guy who opens the doors for those new jobs and new homes and new cars. Oh, I know Jesus provided that. That's awesome. But do we recognize him as the Messiah? Anytime we get ill or get healed, we say, I know that Jesus healed me or Jesus healed my friend or my family member. That's great. And he does. But do we recognize him as the Messiah? All the time when we pray for Jesus to protect our children and our grandchildren, when they go to school or when they're behind the wheel of a car, we say, oh, Jesus protected them. I know he did. But do we recognize him as the Messiah? And see, people struggle then and people struggle now to recognize Jesus as the Messiah. They recognize him as the miracle worker. But do they recognize him as the Messiah? And I think one of the reasons that people and all of us struggle to truly recognize who Jesus is, is that if we recognize Jesus as the Messiah, then we have to recognize that we're not. That we have to recognize that, you know what, we're a mess. That we have to deal with Romans 3.23, which says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And we don't want to actually admit that. We don't want to say, I'm a hot mess. My life is a mess. I can't figure it out. I keep making mistakes. I keep sinning. I'm struggling here. We don't want to admit that we're not the perfect parents or the perfect spouse or the perfect worker or the perfect neighbor. We don't want to admit that we need help, that we're weak and that we're feeble and we can't do it on our own. So we want to say, I'm the Messiah of my own life or morality will make me better, or religion will make me better, or if I'm successful in my business, or if my kids get on that team, well, then I know I can save my life. We don't recognize who Jesus is as the Messiah because we don't want to recognize who we are. We don't want to look in the mirror and say, this is who I am. I look at those pictures up there and say, I did have hair. I don't have hair. I don't want to deal with that, but that's who I am. My daughter says I'm her favorite bald man. I take that as a compliment and a little bit of a dig at the same time. But I got to deal with who I am. And I don't always like what I see. But if I don't accept me, how can I accept Jesus as the Messiah? Oh, I want the miracles of Jesus. Don't get me wrong. I want him to bless me. I want him to bless my ministry. I want him to bless everything. But it starts with me recognizing who he is. I can recognize the miracles, but do I recognize the Messiah? See, these men recognized Jesus. Some maybe recognized him as just a miracle worker and just a healer, but some probably recognized him as the Messiah. What about us? Can we say, I recognize who Jesus is? Because if we do, then that means we recognize who we are. And I'm sorry if I'm the first to tell you this, but we're a hot mess. Every one of us. Every one of us is a hot mess. And if you look at people beside you and go, well, I'm a hot mess, but they're not. Guess what? They're a hot mess too. We can all hide it really well sometimes, but all of us are a mess. And all of us can try and save ourselves through our kids, through our jobs, through our church, through our religion. But the only thing that saves us is the Messiah, period. And so these men said, look, it's Jesus. We have to ask our question, do we recognize Jesus for his miracles? Do we pray to Jesus for his miracles? Or do we pray to Jesus because he's the Messiah? Because we know we need saving. We know that without Jesus, we can't hold that marriage together or get our kids on the right track or find a way to find that career that God wants us to have. We can't ever find a way unless we've got a relationship with Jesus. We often pray for miracles instead of for the Messiah to come into our lives. How many times have we just prayed for a miracle? Pray for a miracle instead of saying, I want to pray for the Messiah to show me the way. Now, we don't know if these men all recognize Jesus as just a miracle worker or as a Messiah, but we know that some probably recognize him as the Messiah. But what they did was so important to be a game changer. See, to be a game changer with Jesus, first, you have to recognize who you are, that you're a mess, that you're a sinner. You've got to recognize who Jesus is as the Messiah. But if we want to be a game changer, we have to then relay to people who Jesus is and not just what he does. So what do these guys say? It says... These, they, they recognized Jesus, they sent word to all the surrounding country. So they said, I'm going to tell everybody that this Jesus guy is here. Why? Because they wanted, that, they wanted their friends and family to experience the game-changing compassion of Jesus, the game-changing authority of Jesus, and the game-changing love of Jesus. Other people can't have a game-changing experience with Jesus if we don't tell them about Jesus. Jesus. We hope that it happens, but unless we're intentional, it will never happen. It's like saying, "I want to, I want to lose weight, and I hope the gym comes to me. <laughs> I just hope the gym just comes to me, and they start the trainers knock on my door. You want to lose weight? You got to go to the gym. If you feel sick and you, and you got a cold and you got a cough, I hope I feel better. I hope the doctor will come to me. No, you got to go to the doctor." If you want people in your life, your family, your friends, your classmates, your neighbors, to have a game-changing experience with Jesus Christ, then you got to take them and show them Jesus. And so that's what these men did. They relayed to everybody that Jesus was here. They said, Jesus is here. And something amazing happens. It says that people brought their sick. They brought their sick. So, you know, caretakers, if you're a caretaker or you have someone that's been a caretaker, you know the powerful responsibility that is and you know the blessing of people who are caretakers. So there there are all these caretakers with people that have all these various illnesses and diseases and they're sick, and it says that caretakers brought them to Jesus, and Jesus just starts healing people. He just starts healing and he starts healing and he starts healing. And when we look at this text, we say, well, those men, whoever they were, they were the ones that partnered with Jesus to be the game changers. But they're not it. Do you know who the game changers are in this text? It's the caretakers. Because they brought their ill to Jesus. But they didn't stop there. Look closely at this text. Because I didn't see it the first time I read it, and maybe you didn't either. It said, people brought all their sick to him. So people are bringing sick. And begged him to let the sick just touch the edge of his cloak. So not only did people bring their sick, they begged Jesus to let the sick touch. It was not those who were sick that begged Jesus. It was the caretakers who begged Jesus, just let this ill person touch your cloak. See, the game changers in this were the caretakers because they brought people to Jesus and then they begged Jesus, just let them touch your cloak. We are all caretakers. You got people in your house, you take care of them. You got people you go to school with, you take care of them. You got neighbors, you take care of them. You got coworkers, you take care of them. We're all caretakers. So we need to bring people to Jesus, and that's not enough. We've got to pray for Jesus to just touch them. Say, Lord, just touch their heart. Change their heart. Change their marriage. Change their outlook. Change the way they look at themselves. Change the way they look at life. See, it's not just enough to bring people. It's not enough to tell people. We've got to intercede and pray for people. Now, why do these caretakers want the sick to touch the cloak of Jesus? Maybe they heard the story That happened earlier in Matthew's gospel. Remember the woman who was bleeding for 12 years? She tried everything to get better and nothing could heal her. And remember, she was in the crowd and she just touched the cloak of Jesus and immediately she was healed. Maybe they thought, oh, Jesus, he's a miracle worker. You just have to touch his cloak. And maybe they focused on the miracle and not the Messiah. Because you remember what the woman was told by Jesus. He says, daughter, your faith has healed you. It was her faith in Jesus as the Messiah that healed her. She wasn't looking for just a miracle worker. She wasn't, see, miracles are one-time things. You can pray for a miracle and then it goes away. But then you're going to need another miracle. But when we recognize Jesus as the Messiah, that's a relationship that goes on every day, every minute, every moment, every breath, every second. But if we only recognize Jesus as the miracle worker, then we don't know who Jesus is. We have no idea and jesus knew and jesus knows who is coming to him for miracles and who is coming to him as the messiah because when we see this story in john's gospel it's amazing how jesus kind of kind of calls him out he says this in john six i tell you the truth you are looking for me not because you saw miraculous signs but because you ate the loaves and had your fill Jesus was saying, yeah, you're, you're coming to see me of what I can do, but you don't see who I am. You just want me to, to feed you or to provide for you or to bless you. You don't want to have a relationship with me. Listen to what he says here in John uh, thir- six I'm the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry, and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me and you still don't believe. Jesus was saying, I'm standing right in front of you and you still don't see me as the Messiah. You see me as just a miracle worker. You don't see who I am. People are spiritually blind, spiritually mute, spiritually ignorant because we don't recognize who Jesus is. He is the Messiah to save us from our sins, from our brokenness, from being a hot mess. He's not just the miracle worker that we pray to to get out of a jam when somebody gets sick or we want a job or we need a car. If that's all Jesus is, then we're not seeing who Jesus is. And later in John's gospel, when Jesus kind of laid out what it meant to be a follower of Christ, what it meant to be a game changer for the kingdom of God, do you know how people responded? The same way sometimes we respond today. Listen to what it says here in John 6, verse 66. From this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. People said, if I have to recognize you as the Messiah and me as a sinner, I'm out. That's what look, just, just do the miracles, okay? You know, I'll, I'll say the nice thing. Just do the miracles. And that's what we do. We don't recognize who Jesus is, so we walk away. And we miss out on the Messiah. Sometimes we don't, we don't recognize Jesus. You know, when Christy and I first started dating, we went to a, to a big church in downtown Orlando. And it so happened uh, that the young man that she was dating before me also went there. And so every time I saw this guy, I gave him the stink eye. I gave him the look, like, whatever, dude. You know, I was always kind of eyeballing him because I'm pretty intimidating. You can see from that picture up there, I'm pretty intimidating. And so I would just stare at this guy every chance I had. And one day I said to Christian, I said, look at your ex-boyfriend. I said, look at that guy. She goes, where? I said, right there. Look at him. Can you believe him? She goes, where? I said, right there. She goes, that guy. I said, yeah. That's not my ex-boyfriend. I said, what are you talking about? She goes, that's not my ex-boyfriend. I said, so you mean I have been sending this guy dirty looks and that's not your ex-boyfriend? She goes, that's not my ex-boyfriend. I probably put that guy in all kinds of trouble. I said, that guy staring at me. See, because I didn't recognize him. I thought he was somebody that he wasn't. That was pretty bad. I should probably find that guy and apologize to him. <laughs> I thought he was somebody that he wasn't. Sometimes we think Jesus is somebody that he isn't. Sometimes we only come to Jesus for the sizzle and not the steak. Do you ever have a good steak? You know, we have great steaks here in Nebraska, but I mean, the kind of steak when they bring it out, like it's kind of dancing, all the, the sizzles kind of coming up and you can smell it coming like a mile away. And you're like, oh man, this is going to be good right? And the waiter comes over and they put this steak down in front of you. Man, it smells good and it looks good. And then you don't eat it. You'd be like, that's crazy. If you just said, thank you for making the sizzle, please take it away. That's nuts. But sometimes that's what we do with Jesus. We want the sizzle, which is the miracles, but we don't want the steak, which is the Messiah. None of us would send back a steak from Nebraska. But sometimes we send back the stake that is the Messiah of Jesus. Because we don't recognize him. We don't recognize who he is. See, game changers recognize who Jesus is. Game changers say, I'm not about you prolonging my earthly life. I'm about you providing eternal life. See, when we don't recognize Jesus, all we want from him is things of this life. But when we recognize that Jesus is the Messiah, we praise him for the eternal life that we have. That's what the, being a game changer is all about. And notice the totality of who Jesus is. The word all is used three times here. The men told all the people, all the caretakers brought their sick, and all the people were healed. There is a totality in understanding and recognizes that Jesus is the Messiah. Everybody was healed. Every sick person was brought. The disciples are starting to recognize that Jesus isn't just a rabbi. See, rabbis, and it says in this text, people wanted to touch his cloak. Rabbis wore cloaks and they would have little tassels on the end of them because it was a sign of holiness. But you know what what these men did that we sometimes don't always do is they, they communicated that Jesus is approachable. Rabbis would never have anything to do with somebody who is sick. But Jesus says, come unto me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. Jesus says, bring your hot mess self to me. Jesus says, just bring your old hot mess and just bring it up in here because I love you. Because that's what the game-changing love of Jesus does. It takes the hot mess that is us and says, I love you. And you belong to me. And if you recognize who I am and not just what I can do for you in the moment. See, we fall in love with right now Jesus. Have you met right now, Jesus? You know, when you're in a jam, you're like, I need Jesus right now. Jesus right now, get this car to start. Jesus right now, get my kid out of there. We love and worship right now, Jesus, because it's convenient. And then we have go away, Jesus, because we don't recognize him. Right now, Jesus is not who Jesus is. Jesus is the Messiah who wants to have a relationship with us, who can have a game-changing effect on our hearts, on our lives, on our marriages, on our kids, on our grandkids, on everything. But if we don't recognize Jesus and we don't recognize us, we're going to miss it. We've got to get past the miracles to embrace the Messiah. That's recognizing Jesus. I'm going to ask our worship team to come back up. And I want to ask you to have some hard some hard discussions today maybe in the car ride home maybe at lunch and definitely with your kids and again these questions are meant to be uncomfortable they're meant to kind of provoke us a little bit but they're they're there to make us think you know we don't want to just gather to feel good about ourselves we want to gather to grow in our relationship with Jesus so ask yourself this question how do you recognize Jesus do you recognize him by miracle or as the Messiah that one's not as easy to answer how do you recognize Number two, do you relay the truth of who Jesus is to others? Do you just tell Jesus about the miracles? Jesus did this awesome miracle in my life. He, he healed my friend. He healed my Jesus gave me this new job. Or do we say, let me tell you that Jesus saved me from me? And number three, do you bring people to Jesus for a miracle or to meet the Messiah? Is your goal, oh, I just want Jesus to change their life and to and to bless them? Or do you want them to say, I want people to know Jesus as the Messiah? That's what a game changer does. A game changer not only brings people to Jesus, a game changer prays for God to touch their hearts. Amen.